Bush and Ritchie with your Home Time Show podcast. Um, I'm about to ask you a really, really big question that's come out of nowhere. Well, it's actually come out of somewhere. Okay. But it's come out of nowhere. Going forward in the world, okay. imagine mm-hmm. we're all told we've only got room for one condiment. What are you keeping? Ooh, that's difficult. That's really difficult. I've got, to, I've got to look at frequency of use. You see, I use ketchup more than any other condiment, but I absolutely love mustard, and I can't imagine a world without English mustard. French mustard can do one, but English mustard, can't imagine it. How about if I said soy sauce? Oh, sorry, just... Am I, am I only keeping one condiment? Yeah, right? correct. Yeah, yeah. I know it's not one of the traditional ones, mm-hmm. but I still think you could dip your chips... No. ...in soy. No. no, no. But could you have... A Chinese meal without soy sauce. I don't think you could. Well, let's compromise. I, I like that kind of vibe with soy. I like it when you kind of soak like rice in something or yeah, chips in something. Exactly. What about park the soy, get rid of it, it's had a great time, stay with Worcester sauce. <sighs> Worcester sauce goes well on uh, like um, potato and oh. Yorkshire pie. Okay. Fast forward to a takeaway. You're having a beautiful, crispy, aromatic shredded duck. <laughs> The pancakes come out and someone's put Worcester sauce on them. It would certainly be a new direction, that's for sure. I want to talk about British life. Uh, British life is riddled with conundrums about manners, wouldn't you say? I would agree. I think this is summed up in the phrase, what's the done thing? You don't get that in any other country, only only in the United Kingdom. Uh, and I've got exactly that situation this week. We've got a carpenter working in the house. Lovely chap called Matt Whittle. Mm-hmm. There's nominative determinism for you there. He's a carpenter called Whittle. Uh, and I always make uh, Matt a cup of tea in the morning. And then I, I go that next level by putting some biscuits on a plate for him. Mm-hmm. But I have this big soul-searching and, um, I don't know, issue every morning with what is the correct number of biscuits to put on the plate for him? And it might, you might think to yourself, what are you talking about? Just put some biscuits. But when you think about it in terms of numbers, they all insinuate something different. They've all got context. So, right, think about it. Plate with, with his cup of tea next mm-hmm. to it. If you put one biscuit on a plate, that just looks tight. It, it does. One measly biscuit, he's not allowed to come down to the mm-hmm. kitchen. That's all you're having. It looks like something you might slide under a prison door. Uh, two biscuits still looks a little bit tight. If you're going to put two, you might as well put three. Yep. But then again, if you put three biscuits on there... I remember we had a radiator guy in, um, a plumber, we'd probably call it, a couple of months ago, uh, and I gave him three biscuits, and then he took one and left two, and I felt like I was overfeeding him, like, <laughs> like I got a fat rabbit. And then four's ridiculous. I mean, giving four biscuits is like I'm his nan and I'm feeding him up too much. Four's so, absurd. Four is absurd. So the question is, what is the optimal amount of biscuits to go with a tradesperson's cup of tea? I'd want three. You want three biscuits? I'd want three, straight off. I'd want three. Would that be two right now as a down payment with the hot drink and then one for later on to see how you're getting on or are you going to have all them in one no, go? No, 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 no. I'm a big dunker. I heard that rumour. For, for one... That's your name on the forum, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Well, you've just ended that one. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. He doesn't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> I did have a point that I want to make before I got the giggles. Okay, fair And my point is this. I think it's all about the size of the plate. Okay. Okay, because if you're going with a side plate, then even three looks paltry. So I think what you need to do, if you're worried about how many you're giving your tradesperson and you want to give them slightly less, 
tea in a cup on a saucer with a couple of biscuits jauntily arranged around the cup on the saucer. Suddenly, everything looks as though you're being rather generous. That does feel like tea around at my nana's house, though. (laughs) Who does biscuits around (laughs) saucer these days? I like it, though. I'm going to try it. Uh, Dave the Carpenter says, Biscuits on a saucer, Richie. It's not Downton Abbey. <laughs> I see myself as Carson, I'll have you know. How many, how many biscuits are you getting around that little saucer idea? Though? Well, you see, if it's just a saucer with, uh, with uh, like a you know, cup on it, uh-huh. then I reckon you can get away with just two. I like that. So you're kind of like using trickery of the eye to yeah, distract exactly attention. Yeah, that. That's like what it. you have to do. Bigger plate, you need to fill it up, don't you? Uh, this text here, 81215 to text, one biscuit's tight, two's just right. We don't have time to eat three. Uh, I love the fact that this nameless person has actually got their own catchphrase for it. Get it on a T-shirt, sounds fantastic. Right, well, let's get your view on this. Lee's on the line. Lee, what do you reckon? Uh, put the packet test, the tradesman. Okay, are you a tradesperson? It's- I am, yes. If, if it's if it's an half decent tradesman like myself, All right. he'll just take, he'll just take two or three. Won't be greedy. Leave you the rest of the plate, and it doesn't make you look tight. Do you know what? I, I'm not obviously not a tradesperson. I wouldn't want that responsibility. Imagine being given the pack by someone, right? Mm-hmm. Then they go off to work. Yeah. You're thinking to yourself, is this like a gift? They want me to kind of keep the whole lot, or am I supposed to have just one and put it back downstairs? I I think I would I would be like Lee, and I I would think these are mine for the day. I will ration myself now. <laughs> Because I would well, be hoping that I'm going to get more than one cup of tea offered and I'll be able to cruise my way through the day. <laughs> well, it depends, you see. If the, if the customer goes out and says, help yourself to tea and coffee, which I often do, yeah. then if the biscuits are on the side, you'd help yourself to a couple of biscuits with each copper. Because, like I said before, it's a man's minefield, right? I remember this like it was yesterday. We were drinking in a pub in Brixham in Devon, me and my brother and a couple of friends, and we were having yeah. a couple of glasses of scotch, and we were going to go on back home and carry on drinking. Uh, and the woman said, look, you can have this bottle, just bring me the bottle back. Okay, the bar woman, the bar yeah. woman said that. Right. Uh, so I thought she meant uh, unbelievable generosity, just bring us the empty bottle back. <laughs> So we, we had to go out of our way to drink it that night, and I brought it back the next day empty. And she said, what are you doing? She <laughs> wanted a full one again. So The landlord of one of my locals used to do the same thing. He used to give me a bottle of Jack Daniels, and then I'd just take him a bottle of Jack Daniels back in because if he charged me by the shot... Yes. The bottle of Jack Daniels would have cost a fortune. Well, this has all been a very helpful conversation. <laughs> I'm not sure any of us are any closer to the answer, but thank you, Lee. <laughs> <laughs> That's OK, no problem. Uh, the photo that we've put on Twitter is the actual um, amount of biscuits I gave him earlier on, mm-hmm. which was three uh, ginger nuts. Mm-hmm. Uh, James Tierney says, this is a very weak selection. Three is not enough and there's no variety. Disappointing, <laughs> he adds. <laughs> all right, mate. Thanks very much. Uh, John, add to the debate, please. Well, it's all to do with the poshness of the biscuit. Right, explain the poshness biscuit system that you employ. Well, so two-fingered Kit Kat is easily equivalent to three custard creams. So it depends what you have in and what you're offering. So I would say with a cup of tea, a two-fingered Kit Kat would be sufficient. But if you were to um, not have said Kit Kat, maybe three custard creams. <laughs> OK. You need a handout for this, like a, like a laminated sheet. Um, I think, in effect, though, if you're answering the initial question, you're saying that three's the optimal number because you're saying that if you're not getting biscuits, you're getting a two-fingered Kit Kat. Well, exactly. So three is the the optimal amount, but if you're putting out, let's say, I don't know, M&S all chocolate biscuits, then maybe less. Okay, well, fantastic. You can break them up almost. It's like uh, pounds, shilling, and pence from the olden days, isn't it? Exactly. Well, now we know where we stand. Thank you so much for some clarity on this. 
My absolute pleasure. How many biscuits are right to put out for the tradespeople? Drew, put a number on it. Yeah, it's got to be about three, but uh, that's each couple out of his mind. Okay, and in your experience, and to tell us what line of work that you do, what, what have you had given to you? Um, well, I'd have the occasional Kit Kat here and there, or on the one job I went to when I was uh, working on the tree, power line tree cutting, I turned up at one house and she literally had a table full of food. I was like, go on, boys, get stuck in. Like, I've got a job to do as well, mind. Do you think it actually comes down to the trade that you're doing? Because if you're actually yeah. chopping down trees for a power company, then, you know, there's inherent risk there. And I think I would put on a, a, a full-on spread. Like a danger cake. Yeah. I, I don't want to, you know fall out with all the carpenters because this is where this all started but if you're merely just filing woods then a couple of ginger nuts will do just if you are a carpenter listening merely filing woods was what richie was just saying just there uh what's your take on that he's got a good point though maybe it's danger you're getting danger food yeah i think so but then it usually turns into a fact that they'll go oh can you take that a little bit lower do you mind giving a trim on someone else? Do you mind doing this? Oh. And it's like, we're only here to do your power lines, I'm afraid. <laughs> like, I've given you a load of food. And it's like, yeah, well, it didn't really work out like that, sorry. Now we're getting to the centre of things here. I've been getting quite a lot of stick uh, on social media for the way that I take my cod liver oil tablets. <laughs> Allow me to clarify. Uh, I put a photo of it on social media. I didn't think that I would get this kind of kickback on it. What I do is, I t they've got the days on them, mm -hmm. of the tablets for this cod liver oil. Um, I've I take them, but haphazard. I do not go in the day order that they've got printed on the tinfoil, because I don't want to be told what order to take my tablets in by the system. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's <laughs> a little protest from me. It's not something I would do myself in this particular case, but I do know what you mean because there is this thing in life where you can be an unappreciated revolutionary. You're just trying to go a different way and people don't appreciate that you're just trying to point out that you don't always have to go the way you're told. This is it. I mean, sometimes you can go through life and just be pointed and pushed in one direction and another by the system or the man as they call it and you just feel like you're always on the receiving end of stuff occasionally in life i think you just need to make those little protests just to let people know that you've still got your own freedom of will do you know what i mean there's a motorway services that i like uh, i like stopping off at. Oh, i'm busy this wednesday night i'm really sorry <laughs> <laughs> oh okay yeah no fine but you, you you come in off the slip road and all that kind of thing and you see it there a beacon of snacks drinks and toilets. Oh, sounds great. What a combo. <laughs> oh, it's wonderful. <laughs> but it wants you to, to filter down to the right, and I'm thinking, no, 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 it's over there. Okay, so I'm going to name it. M3 Fleet Southbound. There we go, we got him. And I, I filter right when it tells you you're meant to go straight on because I just want to get to it quicker. See, what I like about you is you're a man that is is normally uh, quite an adherer to rules. I am. But if you take the uh, the immediacy of a snack and throw that into the mix, yeah. then I think the rules are there to be broken. When the car park is empty, when the car park is empty, the arrows, to me, it's just like, it's pointless. That sounds like uh, Eric Cantona's less famous <laughs> secondary statement <laughs> after the, uh, the trawler and that. That's a good point. So you drive and ignore the arrows whilst in service station car parks at times yes <laughs> i refuse to go on the days listed in terms of eating me cod liver oil tablets it's people like rebecca who's mm -hmm. tweeted i open crisp packets and envelopes upside down i love that it's <laughs> liberating it, 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 the great thing about that one is there's no point to it i know but it's just it's the protest <laughs> itself which makes it so damn good chris says i always make a point of going through on the wrong side he sent a photo of you know the bit when you go to a cycle path there's like a little human 
symbol and mm-hmm. a bike symbol. Mm-hmm. He goes in on the human side, but then drops to the bike and he's on his bike. Wow. Little bit naughty, but I like the protest. Maybe you are one like Phil in Essex who texts to say, I never pair socks, either my own or the kids. No one ever notices anyway. Good Phil, point. He's got I, a good point. He hasn't got a good point. I come back to you on this one. I remember my dear mother used to say that you had to be wearing uh, the socks that were paired. You didn't want to be in an ambulance after being knocked over <laughs> and the paramedic looking at you and saying that you've got odd socks on. Do you reckon they'd comment on that kind of thing? If you're a paramedic, if you work in A&E, do you guys comment on people wearing odd socks? And the, it's the underpants and the underwear thing, Exactly, well. that too. You know, you want to make sure you've got clean ones. Clear all this up, please, if you've got time working That's in That's probably A&E. what they were saying. Yeah. <laughs> Talk of the triage. Do tell us about it. Uh, get involved. I love this one here. Uh, Jack the Gardener from Bromley here says, Guys, I will regularly eat after eight mints before 8pm. He's a rebel. He is a renegade. James, what is it you do? Uh, when it comes to Kit Kats, I refuse to run my nail down the centre of the foil of the Kit Kat and then snap it lengthways. I just unsheathe it, take the foil off, bite the two things in one go, and then uh, take a criticism from whoever's watching. Unbelievable. Some people just want to watch the world burn, don't they? They really do. So you don't even break them in two and save bit by bit. You just you just jump straight in there. Absolutely. James, <laughs> can, I, revolution. can I offer you a third way of doing it? Certainly. Thank you. I'm glad you're all ears. You have to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, if he's a revolutionary, he's not. He's not open to hearing new ways. Is That's he? it. He's very single-minded. He's got his way. I will snap the finger off, and then I will eat it like a like a a, a wood chipper. Oh, so, like a yes, yeah, so straight into the mouth. I quite like that. I quite like a little yes. chipmunk. Are you, and are you moving your teeth really quickly like that to kind of break it down? Absolutely. I, I wish we had a Kit Kat right now. I'd love to demonstrate. I, however, feel quite the opposite. I'm glad it's not here. Thank you. Bye-bye. The car-related one, Phil and Tiso says, I hate it when my car tells me when to change gear. I will change <laughs> gear when I'm good and ready, thanks. I absolutely love that. Ben says, I refuse to let out taxis when I'm driving. They just annoy me immensely. Wow, Ben, what's going on there, mate? Wow, Ben, brave to leave his name, I have to say. Yes. Uh, Leslie, what's your act of rebellion? Uh, well, I won't have a roast dinner on a Sunday. Wow. I just you, won't do it. You refuse to have a roast dinner on a Sunday. Uh, what are your rules about roast dinners and when you have them, then? Well, there is no rules except the Sunday one, obviously. But uh, I can do it Monday, Tuesday... Whenever I fancy, yeah. It's really interesting because how does she word it there? She calls it a roast dinner. She won't call it a Sunday roast. That's a good point. The clue is in there. Yeah, yeah. Can't call it a Sunday roast or a Sunday dinner, as we used to call it up north. No. Oh, did something bad happen to you? Why, why have you done this? Why, why the protest about Sundays in particular? You know, I just don't want to be that sort of boring, routine, kind of mundane person who must have it on a Sunday. Wow. I'm the same with fish and chips. Brutal. I won't have fish and chips on a Friday. You, you are out of control. <laughs> Leslie, I can I ask you a question? What happens on Christmas Day when Christmas Day falls on a Sunday? That's a good point. <gasps> don't. I never thought of that. Well, you want to have a proper sit down. <laughs> <laughs> You've all these years. Every Tuesday night, we put this show in the hands of fate, or lady luck, if you like, uh, by spinning the Tuesday Tombola. 100 balls, 100 numbers, with 100 different phone-in topics related to them. Who knows what will come out and change the course of this show this evening? Tombola does. The Tombola actually knows, doesn't it? Ahead of being spun, I like that. It's sentient. Uh, It's just been spun. You may have heard it there in the background. 100 balls have been tumbling. I'm having a rummage amongst the balls. Here we are. And ball number 14 has come out. 
Broken tooth stories. Oh, my word. <laughs> Just when I thought we'd seen it all with drunken household <laughs> objects last week, now we've got drunken tooth stories. So if your teeth's fallen out or you've had a bad dream about your teeth falling out or anything. Yeah. Broken tooth story. You might have. I've got a broken tooth story. My dad broke his tooth in a pub about four or five years ago. So I, I've got I'm, I've got one as well. We were tooled up with broken tooth stories. I've got broken tooth stories. It's not a very good one. But I did break my tooth once on a cheese baguette. Oh, how'd you do that? Well, it's a very hard baguette. It's a hell of a hard baguette. That's the end of the story. I like it, though. <laughs> it was short and to the point. And I'm at that kind of stage in the evening where I just, you know, I, I like the brevity of it. But you know what? I'd been, I'd been looking forward... I, I do remember it happening. It was around about 4.30 in the afternoon. I'd been looking forward to the baguette so much that despite the fact it had broken a tooth, Oof. I still ate the rest of the baguette because I didn't want to sacrifice it thinking this is a killer baguette. Sterling work there. You decided to see the baguette through. Mm. Uh, my dad uh, had... A, even though last time he had um, pork scratchings, he broke his tooth in a pub, he said, well, I shouldn't really have these, but I'll have them again. We were out drinking in North London. London in Crouch End, broke his tooth again on pork scratchings. As an aside, I would say pork scratchings, and we'll probably get this confirmed over the next 50 minutes, yep. I don't think anything has broken teeth more than pork scratchings. Uh, we, we already heard from the paramedics earlier on about socks and that. <laughs> Can you confirm, if you've got any dentist friends, what breaks the most amount of teeth in terms of items in the world? Uh, yeah. Tina has got in touch. Tina, you got some expertise? Um, well, I've been a dental nurse for a very long time, so um, I would say... The, the things that break your teeth the most are pork scratchings, muesli, yes. nuts, cookie Mues- bread, and opening beer bottles. Oh, oh dearie me. I think everyone's had a go at that at one point in their lives. You, sorry, <laughs> just to go back in the list there and say muesli, are you sure? Mm, it, muesli with nuts in. It's the nuts that do it. Wow. I'd never have imagined that muesli would have been in the list. It's good to know, yeah. though, the list, isn't it? I don't think I've ever read that list before. <laughs> when, when have we ever been shown the document, the official well, top-level dentist an, document on this? That's an unofficial level de- top-level dentist. That's Thank amazing. you very much for your confirmation. It's going to change a lot of people's habits tomorrow morning. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it won't. I don't, I don't forget, we're going to be uh, entering Tina into the Hometime Show Witness Relocation uh, <laughs> Project, so you'll be absolutely fine. Brilliant. Thank you very much. <laughs> 8, 12, 15 for your text like this one. Bonfire toffee eating competition. Jack D's are plenty. Stopwatch on. A small jar of toffee each from me and my mate. The molar bit the dust. Oh, my word. It just sounds so painful. This text says I got my front tooth chipped on the school bus. We used to have penny wars. Front of the bus, year seven me, versus the back of the bus, year nine. Basically just launched one and two pence pieces at each other for the whole journey. Oh. I lifted my head above the seat to get a view of the enemy when one uh, hit me right in the tooth. I'm 30 now and I still have the chip. Must be one of the worst jobs, a school bus driver. Oh, there's there's a thankless task, isn't it? Uh, Polly, how do you break your tooth? So, when I was younger, I was watching my um, brother's football tournament Mm -hmm. and I was using one of those orange street cones to, basically as a boogle, to try and, like, enhance my voice. And it was annoying him and his friends and he shoved the cone in my face (gasps) Um, my tooth fell out, it never grew back, and I've just had to pay £1,700 for a dental implant. Oh! <laughs> that is unbelievable. What a quick escalation to that story. There's wow. me thinking back in the 80s, knockabout fun, using <laughs> yeah. a, a traffic cone or whatever for a bit of, uh, <laughs> bit of a megaphone situation. Do you, are you still kind of... Does he feel bad about this? Has he, has he apologised for what he did to your brother? No, of course he doesn't. He didn't offer to pay for the implant either. 
Well, wow. I, I, in his defence, I would imagine that quite a few years have now gone by. Surely, surely, yeah. there's got to be some kind of expiration uh, for statute of limitations yeah, for how long exactly. he's responsible. <laughs> oh dear. Oh, Polly, thank you for sharing. It's a great story. Cheers. No worries. Uh, Mark has tweeted to say, "How comes you guys haven't talked about Arsenal defender Gabriel?" Yes. This rem- this is a great shout. I was watching Match of the Day uh, Sunday night, and they did an interview after the game, like they do with all the managers. And uh, they said to Mikel Arteta, Arsenal manager, said, "Are you going to go and help your defender go and look for his tooth?" During the game, it looks like Gabriel, Arsenal central defender, gold tooth gets knocked out. He's searching for it with all his teammates on the pitch after the game. Apparently, it came out during the celebrations because it was the last game of the season. Yeah. So there, it fell out during the celebrations, which would make Arsenal the team that's probably got the most celebrating injuries in the history of football because of Steve Morrow. Yes. Fell that's... off the shoulders of Tony Adams. He did back in the 90s and uh, really, really injured himself. So there you go, Arsenal. Hurting themselves through celebrating. Luckily, I don't want to make it, it doesn't happen that often, Gag, because we've done even worse. But, but there you are. At ball 14 for your broken tooth stories, Chris, as you break yours. Literally, it was a, a, a workmate brought some free toughies in that his missus had got from uh, a company around the corner from where I worked in Corby. And uh, yeah, yeah, I bit in and it. Lovely toffee, I must say. But uh, yeah, lost half a tooth. And what was the repair job for half a tooth back then? It was 200 quid. Um, the, the dentist at the time, he said to me, he says, you can either have a, like a ceramic, white ceramic teeth uh, cap that will match your teeth. He says, it, but it's cheaper to have a gold one. <laughs> so me being sort of like a little bit sort of tight, I said, oh, I'll have a gold one then, you know. You should, you should have gone for the white one like Barry Gibb. A couple of big old, <laughs> big old gnashes at the front. That would have been fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was a bit further down the side like that. Uh, yeah, £200 there, pounds gold tooth quid. as a result of a free toffee that someone would offer you. That, wow. that's, that's butterfly effect, isn't it? That yeah. is the butterfly effect. Well, there you go. That, that's the show. That's the show in itself. However, our producer, Adem, who's been quite troublesome right the way through the programme, but that's an that's HR issue, has pointed out quite rightly that uh, Richie's thing about if you could only save what condiment, one condiment going forwards, what would it be? Yeah. And he's gone for soy sauce. Mm. Uh, it's, it's unbelievable that you've binned off, without even breaking sweat, Mayonnaise, which is your first love? Primarily because I'm really, really hungry right now and I know that for dinner tonight I have tempura battered fish and I'm just thinking about the taste of soy sauce and I was all about the soy, really, which sounds like a dance song for the night. It 90s. does sound like it. I'm sure I've danced that in a nightclub <laughs> in Falaraki. Just one final thing before we do leave you. What is it with you and tempura stuff? You're obsessed with it. It's my favourite batter at the moment. If you've got a favourite batter, it could be a phone-in. Oh, that could be a phone-in down the line here on Home Time. This is where the magic happens, you see. This is where we workshop. No, that'll be a phone-in when we've been moved off Home Time. We're on a very niche digital station somewhere. Get in touch. What's your favourite batter? Go on, email us, hometime at absoluteradio.co.uk.